Welcome to Tango Bravo. Join us as we delve into the real-world experiences and stories of everyday veterans. Today, we will begin with a series that will provide an in-depth look into the lives and stories of three American veterans. These stories cover deeply personal elements of the day-to-day -day aspects of the lives of American service members. It is a profound privilege to be able to share these stories with you. Join us as we experience life through the eyes of an American veteran. I'm Nick. I was a staff sergeant in the United States Air Force. I was stationed at Ramstein Air Base, Germany and Noho Pope, North Carolina. Pretty much every male in my family's been in the military. My dad was in the Marine Corps. One grandfather was in the Marine Corps. Another one was in the Army. I have a cousin in the Marine Corps, an uncle who's career Coast Guard. You know, no one in my family went to college. So just being in the military was something you did. But I tried the college thing after high school. Did terribly, had a 0.9 GPA. So I knew I needed to do something different. And like my dad, I was gonna join the Marine Corps. And I was gonna be infantry. That's what I wanted to do. And then I learned one thing. They wanted you to do a PT test before you joined. <laughs> it's true. And I said, that seems a little backwards to me, but okay. I'm training to try and do the pull-up test and everything, because I, I was a fat body, and I had to lose weight before I joined. And one day, it hit me. There's another branch I should look at. <laughs> so I looked at the Air Force, and I remember going on their website, and they sold the lifestyle more than anything else. It wasn't the few, the proud, the Marines, kill, kill, kill. It was, we have a really nice BX. <laughs> I said, that doesn't sound too bad. So I go in and I talk to the Air Force recruiter and I'm, I'm sold immediately. I was gonna join the Air Force and become an airman, but my one hang up was I wanted a guaranteed job. So I wasn't gonna go unless I had something guaranteed. So my recruiter arranged for me to take the ASVAB at the local Army National Guard Depot. So I went in there, took that, it's broken into different categories, took mechanical, electrical, administrative in general. Scored highest in electrical for some reason. It's funny because I'm sitting here next to an electrician. But I got booked for a job, it's 3DOX2, cyber systems operator. I'm like, okay, I like computers, go and do this. And I join and I get a phone call one day though, after I'm sworn in to the delayed entry program, asking if I want to go to basic on Tuesday. And this is like a Wednesday. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I do not. <laughs> Hold on. Here's the pitch, Nick. You can be a cop. <laughs> I was like, no, I, I, I don't want the security forces contract. Thank you very much. I, I will stick with my good communications gig. So I was in debt for probably six months. Did the whole thing when you get on the bus and you go out to the airport. We missed our flight to basic, which was hilarious. San Jose airport is very messed up. Make sure you go to the right terminal. Uh, <laughs> so we got put into the next group of flights. So we arrived at night, but I remember we had a layover in Phoenix. And this is the perfect juxtaposition between the Air Force and the Marine Corps is we're at adjacent terminals and all the Marines are competing. Like who can do the most push-ups? Who's the most badass motherfucker here? And we're all just sitting there scared shitless. We're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Because <laughs> like the day before you're just thinking to yourself, do I really want to do this? 
and I just signed away four years of my life and I have no idea what it's really going to be like. And you don't. You don't. You watch the videos on YouTube and you see all the recruitment stuff and you talk to your recruiter. But it's nowhere near what the day-to-day -day life in the military is like. This is Tango Bravo. Our goal is to give you the full experience of sitting and chatting with service members and hearing the stories and details that are rarely told. I'm Frank. I was a private first class in the United States Marine Corps. I joined in 2007 and served active duty till 2012. I was infantry with 3rd Light Armor Reconnaissance Battalion out of 29 Palms, California, Marine Corps Air Ground Combat Center. So my origin story starts with 9-11, uh, being from, from New Jersey and all my family from New York. Uh, it was really that day that I had decided that I was going to do something. Uh, and then, you know, I was too, too young at the time. I, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. Um, and then going into that summer, I think, is when the initial invasion, or actually, no, the winter, sometime after the invasion of Iraq happened. And I remember sitting in my grandma's house watching the statue of Saddam get toppled. And I realized that I wanted to be in the military. I always, I always dreamed of being a cop, but I knew at that time I, I, I wanted to be in the military. And I didn't really think too much of it further past that. I just, you know, that was just a fleeting idea. And I ended up going to a military type academy in Kansas for my senior year. And it was, you know, run by a lot of, you know, ex-military guys. And, you know, we, we did a lot of PT and a lot of military drills and you know, really instilled that discipline. And they had a Marine Corps recruiter come visit us. And you know, he was fucking badass. And he told us all about the Marine Corps, which you know, half of it's always bullshit with recruiters. But you know, I, I he explained to me that oh, if you, if you want to be the best, you got to join the Marines. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna join the Marines. So he gave us all practice, practice as VAB tests. I did very well. And uh, for a while, that was the end of it. I, I graduated from this academy and I, I came home and uh, I really, I was 18, I didn't really have a purpose. I wasn't really doing anything. And uh, one day I was at the farmer's market and I, I was with a couple friends and we ran into an acquaintance and he was like, oh yeah, I just signed up for the Marine Corps. And he was like, hey man, you kind of look like Screech. And uh, from Saved by the Bell. And I'm like, oh, thanks, bro. It's cool. You're, you're joining the Marines? I want to join the Marines. He's like, cool. You should come to the recruiter's office. So I ended up going to speak to a recruiter. His name was Sergeant Brown. And he was telling me all this badass shit about the Marine Corps. And I said, hell yeah, I want to be an MP. And so he's like, okay, cool. You know, uh, how many pull-ups can you do? All that nonsense. And so I went through the process and I signed my contract uh, to, to be an MP, guaranteed contract. And I, I joined the delayed entry program. Uh, we we're gonna ship out in a few months. And so we just did a bunch of physical training, you know, mile and a half runs, pull-ups and, and what have you. And uh, I actually, and that's how I, I met my, my current best friend today. He's, you know, we joined together. And the day comes, well, actually, I'll, I'll I'll skip back. So I had to, uh, I didn't tell anybody that I was joining the Marine Corps, none of my family. 
And so I thought, well, I guess I, uh, I better do this in person. So I flew out to New Jersey to, uh, to tell my mom. And my mom about had a heart attack and was freaking out. And this is in October. I was scheduled to ship out November 4th of uh, 2007. And I, I come home back to California and we go to MEPS. They take us to MEPS. I went to the San Jose MEPS. And my buddy had signed an infantry contract. And I was like, man, I don't want to be a fucking cop in the military. I want to be infantry. And so I told them, I'm not shipping out unless you make you change my contract to infantry. And they changed my contract to infantry. And I went through all the process, went through all the medical, uh, all the psych, and swore in as, uh, I guess, a Marine Corps pulley or Marine Corps recruit, whatever you want to call it at that time. I took my oath. And uh, we ended up shipping out to boot camp. Uh, we went to the airport and flew out to San Diego, civilian airport, and basically got on a bus and went over to the uh, Marine Corps Recruit Depot, which is in San Diego. Join us as we sit down with a group of American veterans. Listen through our ears as we live life with them. I'm Blake. I was an A1C in the United States Air Force, Security Forces. I was stationed in Minot, North Dakota. I served two years of a six-year hitch. So let's see. When I was about six years old, I decided it would be awesome to be a United States Marine. And I decided that it would be really fucking cool to go to Annapolis and all that. And I did a shit ton of research. And I found out what was actually involved in that. And I started looking into it and uh, I reached out to uh, my congressman at the time and called and I'm like by then I think I was like I want to say eight and uh, her office called me back and we talked about it and she basically was like look you know, I, I'm against the military and I don't sponsor people, so I'm not going to use my sponsorship. It's not going to happen. So I was like, okay. Uh, and I mean, part of this had done with uh, my great uncle on my mom's side had uh, gotten out of the army as a four-star general. Uh, so I always had kind of this interest or affiliation with the military. And... Uh, my dad wasn't super into it because he was a conscientious objector in Vietnam. Uh, he ended up actually working for a research institute and doing a lot of interesting work around that. And he knew some people who were science advisors to the, uh, the military. Uh, ultimately, he was actually childhood friends with someone that became one of the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it had always been kind of a thing I was interested in. And then uh, fast forward quite a while, and I was going to college, and that wasn't really working out. I wasn't that interested in it. And one of my professors convinced me I should probably drop out because I didn't really have the attitude for it. So I was sitting there kind of trying to figure out how I was going to make money and uh, make my truck payment and shit like that. So I was sitting in the hallway, and at uh, the university trying to figure out how to put the pieces together and uh, this gal that I had taken classes with uh, said there's a job at the county government so I started working there 
she and I became better friends, met her husband. He was former Air Force. Uh, we chatted about it. He had been a crew chief. By now, I'm about, I'll say 19, something like that. And uh, so I'm working at the county. I wasn't really enjoying that very much. And I got the idea in my head that I really wanted to be a cop. So I called the local police academy and looked into that. And they said that they wouldn't even talk to me until I was 21, which I was 19, so that sounded like seven millennia away. So I was talking on lunch with her, and her husband had come by, and we were on lunch, and he was like, why don't you join the military, because they'll let you be a cop. And I was like, that sounds cool. I always wanted to be in the Marine Corps. He's like, no, fuck that shit. You should go Air Force. I'll go down with you to the recruiter's office. I'm like, okay. So I go down to the recruiter's office, and this is the only name in this story I'm going to mention because it's fucking hilarious. My recruiter was Tech Sergeant William Murray. Literally Bill Murray, who actually fucking looked like him. <laughs> and we got to talking, and I'm a 19-year-old punk-ass kid. I tell him, yeah, I want to go cop. And I understand you can do that guaranteed or non-guaranteed. And he just fucking starts laughing in my face. And so nobody goes guaranteed cop. That's where the stupid people end up when they fail out of everything else, that or cook. And I'm like, no, I want to go guaranteed cop. It's like before I take any of the tests or anything else, I want to go guaranteed cop. It's fine. So this is the first time I've ever written a guaranteed contract for cop. Cool. It's like you're going to go in, you're going to be security forces, 3PO31, no problem. I'll write it down. It'll all be in the contract. Can't change it if you change your mind. No problem. Like, all right, cool. You're going cop. Go down the hall and take the test. Go down the hall and take the test. Come back. He scores it. Because you son of a bitch. I could have put you in comms. I could have put you in crypto. I could have put you in this. Like, he just lists off a ton of shit. I'm like, want to be a cop. I've got a guarantee now. He's like, well, you're going to be a cop. There's nothing I can do about it. So I ended up on a delayed enlistment because I had a contract with the county and I didn't want to fuck up that contract. So I'm sitting there on delayed enlistment for like six months. I already signed all the paperwork. My parents are losing their fucking minds because they don't like this idea at all. So go through the rest of it and the county throws some kind of bullshit party and shit and then I'm getting ready to leave. By now the recruiters fucked with me with all the stupid recruiter shit like you gotta get this kind of toothpaste if they're gonna make you do this in basic and all this other fucking crap. None of that actually happened. And then uh, it comes the day that I'm supposed to leave and my recruiter calls me to fuck with me some more and he's like hey you know you wear them cowboy boots? Yeah. Well they're gonna make fun of you for that. You gotta go get yourself some shoes. Make sure you get shoes with no laces. I'm like my shoes have no laces. So my dad and I go to the fucking drugstore. <laughs> no shit. Buy like the black version of like, you know, the uh, the shoes that developmentally disabled kids wear. <laughs> like literally black with like three Velcro straps. <laughs> and then my dad gets this idea that he should buy me a watch for I don't know fucking whatever reason. So I guess he was going through some shit that didn't make any sense at the time. So he bought me like this fucking $25 imitation gold fucking bullshit watch that I wore every time I wore my blues when I was on duty. I still have it somewhere. But uh, so that all happened. I went down. Uh, oh, actually, I skipped over when I went down to the MEP Center. The first time 
I went down with the. I was, I was waiting outside of a hotel locally because that's where the the bus to take us down there would uh, pick us up. And I'm standing there with this other kid that's gonna go, and this kid was just fucking weird shit. Like nobody I ever would have hung out with. And he's all fucking excited that he had a hemp wallet. It's just like fucking weird, like weirder than shit. And then we go down to Mets, and like in that whole process, he decided he didn't want to go anymore. Oh Jesus! So we go down to Mets, and we do the whole physical thing, and some funny shit happened. Like we were standing in line to take the piss test, and I overheard like the the kid two in front of me turns to the kid in front of me and is like, "I'm nervous. Are you nervous?" And the other kid goes, "No, I studied." <laughs> and they had fucking Top Gun playing the whole fucking time <laughs> in the day room. So you would, the way Mets works is you go and you, like, it's a weird adventure. Like, you go down there, you take a bus to the airport, then this little shit Econo van thing picks you up and then drives you to, like, a BART station. And then you take BART in to go to the, the actual Oakland Mets Center at that time. There's this, like, squat building in the middle of fucking downtown, and everybody's in uniform. And then you go in, and, you know, you go to, like, I think it was, like, the third floor was the Air Force office, and you go and check in there, and they you sign an insane amount of shit. And then you go, uh, you get your little fucking sheet, you take your sheet over to the next place, and you just like that all day, like... Okay, you got to go to like station 12 and then you go to station 12 and you talk to somebody and then you go to whatever oh you got to go to, you know over here it's so like station 11 you're like walking all around maps in like no particular fucking order and then they sit your ass in the day room in front of top gun on an endless fucking roll <laughs> so it's like oh i haven't seen this part three fucking times today uh, then you sit there until they call your number and then you go to whatever station was on your sheet and you do that all day. It's fucking exhausting. And then finally at the end of the day, they've done all their tests and all their other shit and you take your ASVAB and all the other crap. I can't remember if they scored it there or if they scored it later, but I remember the recruiter called me again because he was annoyed yet again that I was guaranteed cop because there was apparently more shit he could put me in at that point. The ASVAB was a weird-ass test. There was, like, a lot of it was, like, strangely, like, mechanical, which I guess in hindsight kind of makes sense for all the other job classes. But it was, like, these weird puzzles that weren't particularly hard, and you'd sit there and look at them, and it's like, okay, yeah, okay, the hexagon goes there or whatever. And, like, just weird picture tests. Like, you see them nowadays online on, like, some of these, like, weird IQ tests you'll see on Facebook. And then... Uh, then I rolled back home that night and didn't really think about it. Finished my delayed enlistment. Went through kind of the same process. Got back to the MEPS Center and uh, did more wandering around, processing, signing yet more insane amounts of shit. And then the whole day was kind of building like this tempo. You could kind of feel it. And it's like a mixture at MEPS. It's the people that are actually going to go somewhere and then the people that are just there on their first day doing their first set of testing and like there's kind of this weird energy building that culminates in you go into a room that for some reason I distinctly remember it had wood paneling all over the fucking place it's like the only room in the MEP center with wood paneling and the flags there and an officer comes in I think uh, maybe some major 
and you all get sworn in and then you all get on yet another bus I think that was the Kano van and then that took you to uh, some other fucking place and then that ultimately culminates in an exhausting series of airplane transfers and weird shit flying southwest when you get on the plane they announce that a bunch of you are going and then everybody on the plane cheers and that's kind of weird and then you get down uh, is Air Force so you go down to Lackland Air Force Base and you get off at the civilian airport and uh, take the bus in and, and everybody starts yelling each service member's experience is unique as are their opinions Respect and clarity are so often found in their interactions. The interplay of differing viewpoints is so often illuminating. Join us as we engage in discussions over the topics we have covered. So what I think is really important about joining the military that a lot of people don't understand is that people my age and Frank's age, our country's been at war our entire life. We joined the military during a time of war. And seeing that on the news every day, I think really removes the reality of what you're getting yourself into. It, it's hyped up. There's a lot of Hollywood stuff where it seems cool and badass. And I think it does appeal to a certain type of person. But there's a very real reality of joining during this time period. Absolutely. You know, that was obviously direct inspiration for me joining the military. I felt a sense of, of, of country and duty to, to, you know, go overseas, you know, and, and, and fight for my country and, and to rid the world of, of what I perceived as evil. Um, people who had done, done harm and, and, and hurt and killed people who, you know, I, I held dear. And so, you know, that, that, was the driving force in, in me making the, the ultimate decision to join the military. In my era, it was weird and kind of different in that because my parents are both intellectuals, well-educated, and our family military background went back way deeper into, like, grandparents and great-grandparent eras. So the reaction I got joining in a time of peace was why would you throw your life away when you could just finish college? You have all these other options. Why are you going to dwindle it down to this one thing? Why are you making this horrible mistake? And everybody, like relatives and friends and family came out of the woodwork to advise me that it was a terrible idea. It was an entirely different thing. Like in that era, military service was essentially like taking a janitorial job like nobody could understand why you would ever do that when you had other options yeah I can I can definitely see that and for me I had always done very well in school I I really could have had my pick of, of colleges uh, I did very well on this you know New Jersey standardized testing uh, I, I wouldn't say I, I threw anything away you know, in my mind, I, I, I made the decision that was best for me, but my family was definitely, you know, disappointed by that. Obviously, they were they were freaked out that, you know, I was going to go to Iraq, but the main thing, they were, they were disappointed that I wasn't pursuing what was going to be best for my future, and so I can, I can relate to that. Even during a time of war, from a very patriotic family, I would say Republican family, 
uh, I, they weren't happy with, with my decision. Um, that was something I really wasn't prepared for was just the severe disappointment of so many of my relatives that I had chosen this path. It was completely unexpected because, I mean, you're excited about it. It's something you want to do. You Absolutely. Yeah. For me, it was like the first time I felt like I had a direction, like I was doing the right thing. And suddenly, every single adult in my life is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Absolutely, yeah, I can I can relate to that. Uh, I mean, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, the vampire came out for me. I mean, military connections all through my family. My dad loves talking about his time in the Marine Corps. Like I said, it goes back to to everyone, and it just seems like something that we were that we do. Like if you're in my family, you go in the military. And when I have children in the future, I think that's a hard feeling for even me to shake. It's like, this is something that I want you to do as well. Because the military was so good to me. And the life I have now is directly attributed to that. They gave me my skill set for career. It allowed me to go to school for years. I have a master's degree now, all paid for by them. Being the only one here with kids, it's actually also kind of interesting to say that because for when they were babies, I always had this innate idea that they were going to go to the military. It just felt to me like that's what we do now as a family. And my oldest daughter has toyed with the idea a couple of times. She thought about doing Air Force. She thought about doing Coast Guard. We still talk about it. She's almost 21 now. But she hasn't really made up her mind. I don't know if she's going to or not. That's her pathway and her decision. But it's definitely something, like, I attribute to all of the successes in my life to things I picked up. Not even necessarily job skills, just, like, life skills Mm -hmm. that I didn't have otherwise. Like, how I steer into things and how I take care of things. And it's kind of funny. The only adult in my life at that time that had military service was my Uncle Jack who was in the Navy and he was the only one that was like massively excited for me like this is brilliant this is going to be great you're going to have a wonderful time yeah, and, and just all of that and it was it's kind of something I, I think for for civilians especially parents who haven't had the experience they just can't even relate to what you could possibly get out of it You know, for me, I, I kind of have a different opinion from, from you guys. I Obviously, I don't have kids, so maybe the sentiment changes. But I would, as it stands now, not want my kids to join the military, especially in, in the current state of, of where we are. I, I don't think I'd want my children to do that. I, I would hope that my sacrifices that I made, and, and don't get me wrong, I have such an immense amount of pride to have been a Marine and, 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 you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. I will carry that to my grave. I, I am so honored to have had the privilege to, to serve my country and, and to deploy overseas. But I don't think that's the life I'd want for my children, unless they want that. Uh, I, I, I would, I'm going to support my children in, in, in any way that they want. But I, I want them to live a better life than I have lived. And for me, 
I, I would want them to, to go to college and, and, and have a more traditional level of success um, and, and really find what they're, what they're passionate about. For me, also, I really didn't have anything going on. I, the, the military was it. That was, that was my, my avenue of approach. I didn't want to go to college. As, as destined as I was to go to college and, and the brains and all that, that's not what I wanted. You know, I wanted to join the military. I, I wanted to serve my country. I wanted to right the wrongs. I, I wanted to, you know, avenge 9-11. I wanted to avenge, you know, family lost. I I wanted to, to serve for that purpose. So I would slightly have to disagree with, with, with that personally. I would say the one thing I would tell a child if they wanted to join was my own child, get a college degree first, commission. Commission, absolutely. And it's not just about the money or the extra rank or responsibility. It sets you up so much better for the rest of your life. And being 22 years old versus 18, 19, you're in a much better frame of mind to make these decisions. Because what you think at 18, what you think at 22 are two radically different things. So I'm very close with my baby cousin, Joe, and he has always dreamed about joining the military and we discussed it. He wanted to be a Marine just like me. He wanted to follow in my footsteps, which that's an honor in itself. You know, the, the, the way he looks up to me, I, I, it's, it's humbling. Uh, I can, I can only hope to be half the man that he thinks I am. Uh, but I always told him if you're going to do it, you have to go to college first, experience college. Don't, don't count that out. Have live your life and then make a decision, and that way you can become a commissioned officer. And another thing is though, I worked with two people in my first unit that were enlisted and had college degrees. They just decided that that's what they wanted to do. Uh, one of them went on to commission later. He's now a captain. It's my best friend in the world. Uh, there's a lot of avenues. It's just you're so much more equipped to make that decision. But there are certain downsides, I guess. There's a huge class di- or class difference and culture shock. Absolutely. But I think all of us would tell you that being enlisted is way more fun. I mean, nonstop. I mean, when I was in Germany, it was it was a complete nonstop party. I look back almost daily and just remember fondly my time in the Marine Corps. I, it's it's something you cannot recreate. I think we can all agree. You know, it's oh, such great. a such a unique experience. The brothers you meet. The, the times you have together, both on duty and off duty, are just absolutely incredible. And I think that's something we'll probably touch on in the future, in future episodes of just, you know, daily military life, the good and the bad. There is certainly bad. I can think of a lot of times where I work 24-hour shifts because yeah. you have no choice. Yep. But you look back on that now, and it's like, well, that's something I did because I had to. Yep. Was it fun at the time? No. But now I'm happy I did it builds character if we want to do a final wrap up on this little segment I think we have enough for a really good first episode okay which I think is very cohesive as itself yeah exactly without moving on to the the next thing I would rather if we're moving into another segment I would rather everybody be fresh boot camp and everything like that like 
amount of training schools and stuff. Yeah. Could be a whole other episode. Oh yeah, we could roll into that. This has been very serious, very emotional. Yeah, yeah I definitely, yeah, and I, but I also definitely want to do like fun content mm-hmm. and oh, say yeah, Tango Bravo a bunch yeah. of times. And they're, they're, they're roll into that. I mean, well. Right. I don't know. We're we're getting kind of. Yeah, I think that's kind of what Sean's also pointing out. Is yeah. I don't know if we're necessarily in the headspace to do fun yet. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Transitioning yeah. from what we just did. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I gotta tell you, this is <laughs> shit that I haven't told to anybody in twenty years. Exactly. Yeah. This has been uh, almost therapy. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Ex- that's exactly what it is, and that was kind of what I was going over with Nick. In the guys in our grandpa's generation. It'd be you'd be over at the the VFW hall. You're hanging out with with your buddies. There were guys from your same town. That's well, I mean, I I hang out with yeah multiple military people. Yeah, literally have not uttered words about any of these experiences in yeah. fuck twenty four years. Well, what's, what, fucking spend. what's interesting is we don't twenty two years. We don't ever do the math right now. We don't ever discuss that. Aspect of no, it. No, that's why it's important to address. Because yeah. we go right into. Well, even just remembering it, like remembering the headspace I was in and the shit that I thought at that time, like it's, it's, I mean, it's not as far back for you guys, but for me, it's like trying to remember two lifetimes ago. But it's yeah. not. I mean, we're really not too far apart. You joined in '99. I joined in '07. When did, when did you join? I left for basic in January nineteenth, twenty ten. 2010. Okay, so I, I mean, know my mom's birthday. we're not we're not like Happy in a different mom. generation. We're all from the same generation of military. Let's Very come up with a broader ending. Thanks, bitch. Just thanks, bitch. Leave it at that. Or do that we? That concludes our episode. Thanks, bitch. This is Tango Bravo. Thank you for joining us. We hope you have enjoyed episode one of Tango Bravo. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. 